What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Robin Wheelhouse Show. I'm Wheelhouse, and tonight Rob and I are going to discuss some hot topics when it comes to the Houston Astros. We're going to discuss the players' weekend uniforms, what we liked about them, what we didn't like, about the new netting that's up, and our experience with that. As Rob was able to attend the game Saturday, I was able to attend the game on Sunday, and just our recap of those events as well. You will hear Rob discussing stuff about Friday night's game and the coming matchups. And then you'll hear me by myself and I will be discussing the relief pitching, how they've turned things around, and some things to look for coming in September. So thanks for tuning in. Rob and I are next. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Robin Wheelhouse Show, Sunday night edition. The Houston Astros have been on fire. I am Wheelhouse, and I'm joined by Rob Fontenot. How are you doing this evening, Rob? Doing good. Um, Going to need some uh, much-needed rest after uh, traveling back from Houston this afternoon. Uh, the wife wants to watch a movie later, so got to get up early for work in the morning, but overall a great weekend. Uh, went down to Houston Saturday, watched the Astros defeat the Angels. Uh, got to see the uniforms, got to see the net, a couple of things for us to talk about on the show. And also we went to uh, NASA. <clears throat> oh, really? If I would have yeah. known that, I would have said, give me a shout. I'm like literally five minutes from NASA. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, this is like right down the road from my from our house. Yeah, so we uh, we did the tram. Okay, yes. And it started raining oh, on us, no. and they cut it short. But we did get to go see the control center, mission control. I guess that's did, what it's called. Where they uh, yes the the training one though, not right. the real one. Did you get to see the? Uh, get, did you get to see the Saturn rocket? Uh, the one that's in yes. the building. No, we just saw the painting on the side. Mm. So right before we got to Rocket Park, that's when lightning hit and they they uh, canceled it. They took us back to the house. Well, that's you know that's probably good that they did that because uh, you definitely don't want to get struck struck by lightning on a on a tour. No, but we did. Uh, what was cool is that big airplane with the space shuttle in the yes. front. 
that was amazing. Uh, the size of that airplane and the fact that it's just sitting right there for everyone to see was pretty amazing. We enjoyed it. It was uh, one of the grandkids' birthdays. And uh, I asked him if he wanted to go to Houston for his birthday, and he said that would be amazing. So uh, last night at the game, we were going to go Sunday's game, but he said he'd rather go to he would rather go to NASA. So I made it happen. Cool, very cool. Sound like a good weekend. All right, so oh, it, it was. I mean, it's not something I like to do go go all weekend when I got to work Monday morning. But you know, I'm going to push through. It's all right. I'm going to I'm going to make it. So the so the Robin Wheelhouse show was represented quite well. Yeah. Uh this weekend. I went Saturday and you and your son went on That's Sunday. That's right. So let's I'll get my trusty red pin out so we'll know where we're at. So let's just start with the uniforms. Okay. But let's start with your opinion of the uniforms on Friday. Did you watch the game on Friday? Yes, I on did. T- on television. Yes. Okay. I watched them, and I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought it looked stupid. I thought the Angels' all-black uniforms looked stupid. Overall, hated it. I thought it was horrible. Uh, the uniforms last year were actually super sweet. I thought they were really cool. And even the year before that were nice, but this – Friday night totally dropped the ball for me. Oh yeah, I, th- I think I think I, I had no clue what the MLB was thinking. I mean, the first thing I thought of, and I even thought it before I heard Bagwell say it on the telecast Saturday night, but it looks like they're painters out there. Now I'm sitting here watching the Dodgers and Yankees in the background, and the Dodgers have blue sleeves with the white uniform, so it's not as abrupt or not as like like just brutal. But man, with the alt like the white sleeves, the white helmet, you know, I just I I just I thought they looked like the uh, Willy Wonka movie where they're all in the green yeah they're room, all, yeah shrinking shrinking things in the TV. Oh my gosh, it, I just I don't I don't know. Like my son and I had this whole discussion during the game today, you know, during the game Sunday about if they would have maybe. Um, with the with the black uniforms, if they would have, or with the white uniforms, if they would have made like the letters black or the letters silver, and then like done some contrasting where you could actually see who the players were. I mean, obviously you know who they are, but I, I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know. It, it just I think it was I think it was a horrible move. I'm pretty sure their sales will come out showing that they weren't a good choice. Yes. And I saw them online. It said that they were going to be all white, but the players would be able to accessorize. So I was kind of picturing flashy socks, flashy shoes, flashy sleeves. And but it wasn't. A lot of guys just went all white. You know, it was just Yeah, some guys bunch of marshmallows out there. Now, I mean like um, you know, Reddick had his special um he had he had, he had gloves that kind of signified i guess had like his dog's names on him or something and you know there mm-hmm. were you know trout trout had some pretty cool cleats on you know today um or you know sunday but i mean but yeah it was i don't know i just i've i've got some definite opinions that i just want to keep to myself of why i i think they just were the wrong choice especially the damn time we're living in it's like i don't know come on man Joe. 
you got to be more creative than this. At least give every team their own right to because if it's Little League weekend when you were a kid, you you wanted to wear the uniform that you like. Like you didn't care what team you were on. Like you you cared what your uniform was going to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it meant a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you hated the color, you know, green, you didn't want to be the A's if you had major league teams, or if your if your favorite color was blue, you know what I'm saying? Like you would want to be the Cubs, yeah. and like it's like right. The away team is black and the home team is white. And it's like, blah, I don't know, just like no imagination. It's like, you know, probably the same guy that came up with the Hot Pocket theme song, you know, Hot Pockets, probably the same guy yeah. that came up with this. Okay, let me flash forward or fast forward, however you yeah. want to word that. So we go to the game Saturday. Okay. Um, I actually, I posted this on Twitter, but I know there's people that listen to this that don't have Twitter. But I've said before that I didn't want to go. I was kind of a little negative about it being a bobblehead day. But we were there in the hotel room just kicking back. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go over there and see how big the line is. So we get to the stadium and there's no line. There's not one person in line. Are you serious? And it's uh, what times? It's uh, gates open at five. Yeah. It was it was three thirty. No, the gates open at four because the game was at six. So it was three thirty, and I was like, "Where's everybody at?" And I saw people walk in. So apparently, for a bobblehead game, they opened the gates an hour early. And so when we walked in, there was a pile of column of two bobbleheads, five or six feet high. Wow. And, I mean, people were coming in at, like, 5.15 and still getting bobbleheads. I mean, that 15,000 bobbleheads is quite a bit because you, you don't really realize how many people show up at the last minute. You know, you some people sit down, and the game's already in the second or third inning. But, I mean, that was a great opportunity to get a bobblehead that night. And I don't know if it had more to do with 15,000. Or more to do with who the bobblehead was up. I mean, think about it. If that bobblehead was more than likely, you know, a Verlander or Cole, I mean, you definitely got people there all day. I I thought the Astros did a phenomenal job promoting it. I'm actually surprised and shocked. I had a friend um who does a thing who does uh talking strows and the lock on um Astros, um, Eric Heisman, and he like two hours before the game said, Hey, you want to take my tickets and you can have one of the bobbleheads if you want to go. And I was like, well, we had already made, made plans to go out to eat as a family. And I knew we were going the next day, but that, and and of course I thought, well, if I go now at three 30, I'm not going to get a bobblehead. I didn't even think about, think that would even be, be a thing. I mean, I would thought those things get snatched up quick. Yeah, it was, it was uh, more like the dark ages back when you could just, (laughs) Yeah. walk right in and get whatever they were giving away. I mean, it was just amazing. And like I said, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's who it was or the fact that it was 15000 I don't know what made it so easy to get, but it was the easiest. I mean, lately. Man. It was the easiest bobblehead. And like you said, you're surprised. I mean, think about me turning that corner and expecting that line to go around the building and there's zero. Right. Nobody. That's crazy. Not one person in line. So let's go back to Saturday. Okay. Um, so 
we get to the game and uh, we go in the clubhouse and I actually see people walking around with the white uniform. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it looks sort of like they're wearing it inside out. Okay. It has that look like it. And, and then I see some people wearing the hat. I see it on the hangers in the, in the uh, team store. Mm -hmm. Not a fan. Didn't like it at all. But let me tell you this. This may surprise you. Those guys came out on the field in those all white uniforms while you're sitting in the stands. And I have to say they look pretty tough. They look good. Yeah. I mean, I heard, I've heard, I heard a few people say that um, at the game we were at Sunday. Um, I I had the exact opposite, and I guess maybe because it was Sunday, and I'm kind of tired of seeing them. Maybe I'm hmm. maybe I'm a little jaded, and I'm like, okay, this is the last day we're going to wear these ridiculous things. I mean, they do look sharp to an extent. I mean, there there are some interesting things. There are things that I do like about it. Like, I love the fact when a player, like, gets on the field, like Miles Straw, he comes in to pinch run, and then, like, he dives back to first, and his uniform is, like, totally trashed just from one dive in. I love that. Yeah. I mean, so. It's been in the game 20 seconds, yeah. and he's already yeah, dirty. It's like, it's like, I mean, if you remember back to the days at Biggio, I mean, there was never a game where that dude came out with a clean uniform. He was always getting dirty. I mean, Biggio yeah. would have had that thing. I think by the second inning, shoulder to ankle would have been dirt front and back. You know what I'm saying? So I guess yeah. I guess I like that aspect of it. Um, kind of seeing the pine tar in the helmet is kind of cool. I just, I just again, I, I just didn't like it overall, just because I think the yeah. white. Now, if they would have had orange socks and orange sleeves to go under the white, like the Dodgers are doing their blue sleeves. I mean, I would have been all for that. I would have been like that. Would that would have looked pretty tough? I think. Or what about orange hats? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With or, with with orange, just orange outline on the letters, and the uh, and the angels could have had red. They could have incorporated a little bit of red in it. Oh man! But even, but but I'm gonna surprise you again. Okay. Even the black uniforms. Yeah, they looked ridiculous on TV Friday night, and at the game they weren't that bad. Except the guys that wore long ones, they looked like they were wearing uh, dress pants. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even look like they were wearing baseball pants. They looked like they were wearing, like, uh, dark khaki. Or, I, mean, I don't know if they're called khakis, look like, but, like, look, black dress pants. Looked like, they were, looked like they were either serving communion or, or, or going to work at Men's Warehouse. I mean, it was like... And, and that night, I, I thought that uh, umpires wore blue, but the umpires had, like dark black shirts on as well and they kind of blended in yeah okay so the the thing i don't know if you noticed this okay so the astros sunday got bases loaded and then they got a hit and so there was a guy on second and third and i was like wait i did i thought the guy on first went to second i was like oh wait that's the that's the that's the first base coach. <laughs> I couldn't tell the coaches <laughs> from the players. Yeah. Like the only reason why I could tell like Pettis from the players is is you know Pettis stands so far back, but if he stood close to the runner, they kind of blended into each other. It was, it was weird. Yeah. So overall, mm -hmm. I think um I think they dropped the ball on the uniforms. 
But, uh, you know, to, to give them the benefit of the doubt, they didn't get to test him out on TV. I'm sure they saw him live and they had somebody walk around in them and they're like, you know, those look pretty good. Right. Because I'm telling you, when them guys came out of the dugout to get on the field at the beginning of the game, it looked good. And I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, those actually look pretty good. What did your wife think about them? My wife did not go. Oh, oh it was okay. Me. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought you and your wife took the grandkid. Okay. Now no, I it's just me and okay. him. Okay. Yeah, my wife's not going to go anymore. But uh, so my wife has medical issues. That's why she's not going to okay, go. Okay, right, right. I just, I just assumed y'all had all come. My, me, me and James's wives are kind of dealing with this. Yes, sir. Issues, yes, sir. I'm aware of that. You know what's going on with yes. James. Okay, so let's go to the okay. next topic. So I'm sitting in 107, if anyone's familiar with that. And first time I've been there, I really enjoyed it. If you're down at the bottom, row 20, and the game is right in front of you, you're not having to turn to the left. It's kind of like when you're – it looked like you were out there in the 150s. Or, no, you're in the 250s yes. or something, right? Yes, you're in sir. The but, th- but sitting there, you know, I'm not a fan of sitting in the outfield, but the game's right in front yes. of you. So, so the game's in front of me. I like it. And I'm looking at the game, and – the net is barely visible at all. I mean, there's, there's creases where it goes around the dugout and there's like a little opening for the security guard or for autographs at the end. And then you can kind of see it. But like when you look up, I I was looking up and I was trying to find the top of the net and I couldn't see it. I mean, it had my, the lights were in my eye or whatever, but uh, anyone that's complaining about the nets. And I would have to say that it would have to be the people down at the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, that want to reach over with their glove right. and get, and get uh, grounders. I, I would say maybe they have beef. I said that on the podcast when I was by myself last time, maybe they have beef because maybe they bought those seats right. for right. that reason. But as far as sitting in the stands up in row 20 or higher, you can't see it. I mean, it's practically invisible. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of gone back and forth on it. Um, I understand the measures that baseball is taking. I honestly do believe, um, and I've heard some Hall of Famers talk about this, guys are flat out hitting the ball harder these days. I mean, they just simply are. They are they've, they've got it down to a science. They've learned how to generate more power and – you do have people in this day and time that are more distracted. Um, and, you know, I... Good point. You know, good point. Very good I get point. it, okay. But at the same time, I understand the other side of the people that don't want it. Because, you know, growing up myself, going to the Astrodome, being in Minute Maid my whole life, being in the Astrodome, I sat all over the stadium, all over the stadium. And I never once felt like, I was in fear for my life, you know, and there's people that I feel like pay good money for those seats. And I think they are somewhat being robbed a little bit of an opportunity. Now, I don't think that something like that should outweigh safety if that's the Astros main concern. And it's what's unfortunate is the incident that it took for them to extend the nets. I think it would have been received better. If maybe mm-hmm. they just decided to do it because this is where the league is going. 
but I think it looked kind of like a CYA a little bit. And then of course, all the other people, then you get your people, you know, Oh, well, people are, people are pansies these days and people are wimps and they can't handle it. And Corey put me on blast uh, the other day on Facebook. I, I had put a post up and he said, Hey bud, no offense, but you're not going to catch a 110 mile an hour ball, you know, line drive with a glove, you know? And, yeah. and I said, you know what, Corey, you're correct. I was like, you know what? You're right, man. So he kind of put me in my place there. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to admit areas where I'm wrong and stuff, but I can see both sides. I can see where you, where you could be for it. I can see people that are against it. Um, but yeah, I, my main concern was, well, I don't want to be looking at a net the whole time. And you're right. Sammy and I couldn't tell where the net ended. We kept looking for the end of the net and he was like, it's there. We were arguing for like an inning where the nets ended. And I, <laughs> So yeah, I was I, I was impressed, I guess, with the technology they have for that. Yeah, so some of the comments I heard about the net, um, uh, what was it? they were saying something about the people that were anti-net. Let's say this first. They were saying, uh, "Well, it's as a parent, you shouldn't have your young child sitting there. right." right. In danger's way. You need to go up in the 400s where the families are. You shouldn't have your kid yeah, down there. that's a stupid there. take. <laughs> and I, I think it's a stupid take as well. Um, I, I think one negative thing about the Nets as far as the season ticket holders that have those seats, uh, and I know it's a safety issue and I'm okay with it, but I just have the feeling for those guys. Um, you know, they've already paid for those seats. Maybe they could have did the Nets next right. season. I mean, that could have been an option, but I'm for the net, and I think it should have been done. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but uh, me and my wife are there, and either we were getting killed, because we haven't lost very many games when we go, but we I think we were getting beat. Okay. And we were probably in, like, row 30 and behind uh, the visitors' dugout. Okay. And I think we were getting beat pretty good, and everybody left. So we went downstairs and got behind the dugout. Okay. And this was before there was a net over the dugout extending over the dugout. Right. And let me tell you this, when there was a left-handed hitter, mm-hmm. up, I was scared to death. Hmm. I was scared to death that that ball was going to come at me. Cause you're right. Oh, I mean, you're right, right there. Like, there's I, no, yeah, there's yeah, no stopping. That. I can't believe that there wasn't a net behind the dugout. I mean, that just seems nuts because there wasn't a net behind the dugout for years and years. And that's what I thought of when we were at the game. I said, they extended it from here to here. I was telling Nathaniel that. And, he, and then I went, man, they, they used to be all the way over to there. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, that is nuts. Except, you know, like, they're not going to hit too many screamers over the dugout. I don't know how many of them get hit right. that way. But, but I don't know. I, I'm pro-net. But like I said, I, I feel bad for the people that paid for the tickets. But if you haven't been to the game yet and you're listening to this podcast and you're like me, if you sit where uh, Wheelhouse did or you sit over there with me, I mean, you're good to go. You're not even going to notice it. It's probably even better than it used to be. Yeah, no, it's it, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really interfere. I mean, the players actually, when they're going back, I don't know if you noticed, um, instead of tossing the ball over the dugout, they actually toss it over the net. And um, one of the one of the Angels players tried to toss the ball over the net, and it didn't make it over, and the crowd went nuts. And then he threw it again, 
it wasn't Trout. <laughs> it was whoever was playing left field for him. And it was mm-hmm. actually kind of, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. I was like, was like, oh, man, I, I just hope someone's not not looking when they throw the ball over that net. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like here we go. Yeah. But, you know, it's I, I think it's fine. Um, I think at first I was an anti-netter, but I got over that real quick. Um, I definitely don't want to disparage anyone either way um, because I know we got people from all different um, viewpoints that hopefully listen to the show. But but I think I think your assessment of it is accurate that it doesn't really it doesn't really take away from anything. They're they're still the Houston Astros. They're still um right. you know, they're still one of the best teams in baseball. So So one last thing about the net. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was telling you that there's like a little opening. Yes, the, yeah. Over there and the far yeah, end. I saw that. And I don't know who the player was. And I didn't have anything to sign, and I didn't have anything to get signed. I mean, I didn't have anything to write with or write on. But it was an Angels player uh-huh. that had like a Mike Fires type thick, dark beard. Okay. He looked like he was an in-shape guy. I, I think he had a black hat on, so he had to have been a pitcher. And that dude had to have been sitting on that wall signing autographs for people for at least half an Oh, hour. really? I mean, he was, I mean, there was lines of kids and he was just signing, signing, talking, taking pictures. And I wish I knew who it was. If I could figure out who that was, then I'm already an instant fan he is. And I would, and I wish him well, because that was really cool of him to do. Was it, hmm, do you, do you recall a number? Did you, did you see a number? No, okay. no. Cause he had a, he had a shirt on. Okay. But you said he was wearing a black hat. Well, I guess they were all yeah, well, he, he, well. The angels were all wearing the black. pitchers were. Oh yeah. yeah. So I don't know who it was. <laughs> You're like, look well. that up and I'll let you know. Yeah, I was like, he's a pitcher. He had a black hat on. Was right. was he was he Caucasian? <laughs> he was a Caucasian. He was a white guy, and he had he was a, a white okay. a nicely manicured dark. You know hair. what? It might have been Justin Anderson. Now Justin Anderson's on the IL. He's a pitcher, but he's actually out of Houston. He's he's from Houston. Maybe so it was it, him. Maybe that ver- was him. It very well could have been him. Okay, because he he was talking to some guy for quite a while, and yeah, and, I bet uh, it was Justin Anderson because we were at the game this last year when it was his major league debut. And okay, it, it yeah. sure didn't seem like he had anything to do. So I guess maybe you're right. Cool. Okay, so here's something you and I both would like to talk about. Okay. Um, our boy Kyle Tucker, mm-hmm. as you know, I know we, we both got to go interview Round Rock Express before the season, and I got to talk to Tucker. Oh, you did? I and, didn't know that. Yeah, I did. And he was actually a very cool dude, and and now I'm rooting for him to do good. And as you know, he just recently stole his 30th yes. base. Yes. So he's a 30-30 guy. So 30 bases. That's amazing. So 30-30 for Kyle Tucker. And on the flip side, because this is what people are talking about, Josh Reddick, who got his got an extra base hit today, and you said he drove in two or three runs? He drove in three runs today. So Reddick, since the All-Star break, a 178 average. He's 21 for 118, three extra base hits since the Ooh. All-Star game. And you've got Kyle Tucker – 30-30, man, but also a 141 batting average last season. And I said on the last podcast, so I want to get your opinion of it, I listened to a podcast 
they interviewed Luno, and he said anyone gets called up on in September for the for the expansion of the rosters has a chance to make the playoffs. Wow. So so do you think if Kyle I think well let me see I'll I'll let you answer but I'm, I'll tell you what I think. If Kyle Tucker comes up and, and kicks butt, he's going to take Reddick's place in the playoffs. What do you think about that? Wow. Okay, so he could very much do that. But so do you think Miles Straw has cemented his place as a utility guy, bench guy for the playoffs? Um, Miles Straw right now is on the team – because of an injury okay. to Diaz. Okay, true, true. So okay. I would say I would say no. Okay, all right. So, so, so we kind of push him aside. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they, I mean, Straw could take his position, but see, but see, because you need a backup, right? Infielder in a five-game series more than you need Miles Straw to possibly pinch it. I mean, I think you're right. There, there, there could be a chance that he. Could take Diaz's job. Who knows? Well, well. Oh no. You know, I. I mean, I honestly wasn't thinking about Diaz at the um, when I was mentioning. That. Oh, okay. So, okay. All right. So back to Tucker. Um, when when we saw him play, we did, he wasn't one of the players we interviewed. But when he played, he was playing first. And yeah. I believe, or I've heard um, through the grapevine a little bit, that more than likely when he comes up in September, because I believe he is the next. He is the guy they're going to call up that he's going to platoon, I believe, at first base with Yuli so they can give Yuli some rest here and there and then also right field where Reddick plays. And so I think they're going to try him in both positions or let him play both positions. And if Yuli's still on fire and they have Alvarez DHing, then more than likely I think Reddick would be the odd man out. And I mean, if Kyle Tucker does catch fire, and I mean, I know Reddick's glove is key, and I know I know Reddick's defense and his hustle is second to none, but I mean, you can't help but think that Kyle Tucker would help this club. Um, imagine if you know once Carlos Correa gets healthy, and we have Kyle Tucker, and if he's like heating up. And you know, I think for Kyle Tucker, it would be a it would be something where if he caught fire and he got to the playoffs, he may actually surprise people because even though it may be his first experience, it will be one of those things where I think he's good enough where he would just overcome it and almost perform like he didn't realize he wasn't supposed to perform well. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just I think he's that, got that kind of potential. Yeah, I think last season. When they called him up, he was kind of in uh, Alvarez's boat. Like, they didn't call Alvarez up to give him a chance. Right. They called Alvarez up to be on the roster. Yes. And they called Kyle Tucker up last year to be on the roster. So this year, he'll get a September call up, and I think the pressure will be less. I think he'll have some uh, experience in failing last year. And I, I think he won't have a lot of pressure on him. And uh, I don't know. I think he'll do better. I do too. But but one thing that people have been talking about, and this is the feeling for a lot of Astro fans, is they did all the, the trade deadline stuff, and the Astros would not trade Kyle Tucker. At all. No, you're right. So so the uh, the fans question 
because they're you know they're all kind of down on Reddick right now. Mm-hmm. Is like if you're not going to trade them, bring them up. Exactly. Like why are you why are you going to leave them there if you're not going to trade them? And I think it, in my opinion, he's 22 years old. I think if he if he uh, does okay in September, I think maybe next year. I mean, I don't know who's going to be gone. I mean, Reddick's still here. Springer's still here. Brantley's still going to be here. Marisnik, I guess Marisnik probably ain't going to be here unless because he's going to be a free agent, isn't he? Yeah, I'd have to look at that. I thought thought he was going to be a. I thought he was twenty twenty one as well. Um, he might be twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, I I mean Kyle Tucker, I think would probably be motivated more than just about anybody at this point. You know, um, when you when you interviewed him, did you ask him at all about that, or did you not, or did I, you not go there? About just uh, about him coming up to the to the Astros, and did you ask him about that stint that he had? Yeah, I I, I told him that he came up and he struggled, and that if he came up again this season, would he do anything different? Like, did he learn anything from his experience, and would he do anything different? And he actually said he wouldn't do anything different, as far as I remember. It was quite wow. a while ago. It was at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. One thing, you know, one thing I wanted to ask him, but my wife vetoed it. What? I, I was going to ask him about his demeanor. Ah. If, one, one thing that bothered me about him last year is that, you know, he would, of course, he got out a lot. But he, whenever he would do something wrong, get out, not perform, it didn't look like it bothered him. He didn't look like he had passion or a fire. And I wanted to ask him about that, if that's just how he's always been. But my wife told me I shouldn't ask him, so I didn't. But I was curious. No, yeah, I mean, that that would be interesting if he were to actually, like, if he were to, you know, answer that. Um, that would be interesting to know because um, I actually got into a little beef on um, Twitter with um, with one of the more active and – um, annoying, I guess, people, and I'm, I, I won't say their names. I don't want to badmouth someone directly, but um, <laughs> I said something about that, about about Reddick and Kyle Tucker. I basically said, you know, people don't want Reddick to be replaced because um, he gives his whole heart and full effort. And people's fear with Kyle Tucker is not not that, well, maybe he won't try, but it doesn't appear that he's trying. And this guy was like, I don't see how you can gauge how someone is trying or appears to be. I said, look, I'm talking about their demeanor. I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> we've got lightning rods on our team. And then Kyle Tucker was the exact opposite. Maybe we're spoiled because we have Springer, Gregman, Reddick, you know, the, so, you know, so, so he asked you how you can tell visually if someone cares or not. Yeah. He was like, he was like, you can't with your eyeballs. Yeah. He goes, he goes, you can't, you can't tell um, someone's effort. You don't, you don't, you don't know that. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I've, this person, I think felt like maybe I was judging them, (laughs) but I, I was just like, look, I was like, I'm just, I'm just telling you what, what other people are saying. I was like, I have no clue. I, I can't look inside his heart or his head. Um, Mm -mm. but it did seem, and I said, maybe he's just a chill guy. Maybe he's just very to himself. Nonchalant. Yeah. He's very nonchalant. I mean, that may be who he is. 
Um, but he was like, it's, it's not like Kyle Tucker doesn't care. I said, I never said he didn't care. <laughs> I, Go back and listen to the podcast and you can hear how he talks. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I saw a little interview he did, a little post-game interview he did recently. About the thirty stolen bases is pretty funny. I'll have, I'll go back and listen to your podcast. Have Have you seen Nick Tanalu? He's the one yes. doing all that. Yes. With the uh, whatever those are with called. little uh, Snapchat filters and stuff. Filters, yes. yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. So, so I, I mean, if someone wants to come at me about him not looking like he tries, go ahead because <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't look like he cares. He doesn't look like he tries. But, but here's my point. If that's the way he looks in Round Rock, then so be it. Yeah. Because he's because he stole 30 bases and he has 30 home runs. Yeah, that's who he if is. That's just the way. See, so I don't know that because I, I've never seen him play. Mm-hmm. I only saw him play for the Astros, and that was my opinion of him. Now, I guess, you know, Alvarez may look like that also, but we're not seeing it because he's so good. So you know, like, does it? Do you ever see Alvarez get all pumped up? Well, shoot this this weekend. He uh, wasn't it Saturday when he got called when he got called out on. It was like a fifth pitch. It was a they call it strike. And Alvarez strike out looking. Yeah, he, he was kind of yelled at the ump. Yeah, he was upset, and I think that's the okay, most emotion so he he's ever shown. Yeah. Really, right? So before that, before that point, he's not really pumping his fists and he's not throwing his helmet and he's not, no. but you, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it because of his performance. Right. Maybe yeah. it's Kyle Tucker's performance. That is the reason we're seeing that. We're like, look, he grounded out. That guy don't even try. Look, he doesn't care. That guy doesn't care. Look at his demeanor. Right. All right. Let's move. Yes, sir. Let's move on. So neither one of us went to the game Friday. No, the Astros won five to four. I don't even remember what happened. But I just know I it know was... the Detroit series. We oh, you know what happened? His Grinky was just—he didn't look great. You no, know, he didn't. But he—but he was surviving, and he got the win. And they're—he's four and zero. Yeah, but you know, Osuna and Harris came in and did a bang up job. Um, was that wait? Was that Friday night? Um, let's see. Friday night. It's been such a long weekend. It I has. don't even remember what happened. I just remember mm-hmm. Grinky. I remember no, that him was... getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. He got in some trouble and he got out of it. And it was like, this guy's not like overwhelming me like Garrett Cole and Verlander do, but man, he's getting it done. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You can't. Um... I can look it up. Yeah, see, yeah. Um, Osuna got the save Friday. Um,. And, yeah, August 23rd, Osuna and Harris provide much-needed relief in wins. So, you know, Will Harris has having, I think, by far one of his best years he's ever had. Um, Up next, Rob is going to break down Friday night's game as well talk about the coming matchups. All right, so here's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, the Angel series, you had Zach Greinke uh, becoming 4-0. He's now 4-0 as a pitcher for the Houston Astros. Now, the Astros win 5-4. And Grinky 
was not overwhelming to me. And I go back to look at his stats. And what I saw was correct. I mean, he got in trouble, but he got out of it. Six and two-thirds inning, which I'll take that from any starter. Ten hits, which is high, but only three runs. Two of them earned. I believe Altuve had a fielding error. He only had one strikeout, but he didn't walk anybody, and he had zero home runs. So the Astros win. You have Harris finished out the seventh inning for him. Rondon gave up a run. Hashtag Rondon. That was the hashtag going on Friday. And then Osuna picks up save number 31. So you go to Saturday, the game that I went to, the Astros win 5-2, to two, and that was Wade Miley. So Miley went five innings, five hits, one run. But one, and he had, how many walks did he have? He only had one walk. So Peacock pitched a, I guess a third of an inning. He allowed a hit and a walk, and he had a strikeout. He didn't pitch very long. And then Davinsky came in and actually did decent. Joe Smith came in and gave up a run. McHugh pitched beautifully, but he, he didn't give up a run. I, I want to say beautifully, but it was his bobblehead night, so I'll give him that. He didn't allow a run, but he did walk two batters. And then I was wondering what they were going to do with the closer role, because you know that Osun is tired. Will Harris comes in, and he can because they had the good lead. So just like the Tiger series, the Astros start out hot. It was 5-0 to zero after the third, and they won 5-2. to two. Uh, Offensively, Altuve had two. Bregman had two. Uh, Bregman with three RBIs, and Brantley had that two-run homer. So Brantley and Bregman had all the RBIs. That was the game I went to. That was the game that I made my new judgment on the uniform. So Wade Miley, I saw the shirt that they put out, Wade Miley and the the famous guys. So today, I'm driving home from Houston, and the Astros are up, I believe, 4-1, to one, something like that. And my wife calls me, and she said, I wish you were here watching this, because they keep scoring and scoring, and they won't stop. And so, for some reason, I wasn't getting the alerts, or I just wasn't feeling them. But the Astros scored seven runs in the seventh inning. So, I wanted to look at that. So, you got Toro with a walk, Reddick with a sack bunt, Maldonado with his ninth home run, Marisnik struck out, there's two outs, and then Altuve lines out. So, that is the seventh. That's not what I'm trying to see. The eighth inning is what I want to see. So Brantley had a single Bregman double. Alvarez intentionally walked. Guriel with a single. Toro with a single. Reddick with a double. I did get that alert. Uh, Maldonado with a ground out. Marisnik struck out. Same, same as the other inning. Altuve with his 24th home run. Made it 11-1. to Miles Straw got the start today. He walked. So... What an amazing inning. So that was a it it was a tough 
close game until that one inning, and it's just amazing what one thing can do to you. Altuve had two hits, Guriel two hits, Reddick had two hits, and we were talking about him earlier, slashing 178, uh, 220, 212, three extra base hits. So a good game, a much needed good game by Reddick, two for three with three RBIs. Uh, Marisnik gets a chance to play, 0 for 4. I don't even know who was off. I had to have to look at it. Altuve, Brantley, Bregman. Um, and I can't even tell. Springer? Yeah, so they give Springer the day off. So Springer gets the day off. They score 11 runs. So one thing I did want to look at was the standings before I go. But Monday, the Astros are off. And Tuesday, an amazing... Amazing event. If you live in Houston, you should go to this. It's official. I guess things could always change. But Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Tuesday. Not Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton. My bad. Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander, both of them in the top five in ERA. Uh, The guy I was at the game sitting next to was talking about how uh, they shouldn't have let him go. And I guess some people don't know this, but the Astros offered him a contract and he turned it down to go to Florida. He wanted to go to Florida. He either I, What I heard is he wanted to retire or go to Florida, but you know, you, you, you can't blame the Astros for losing this guy because they tried to get him. They tried to re-sign him. And from what I heard, and I could be wrong because I'm not an expert on, uh, I don't have inside knowledge, but I think they offered him more than Tampa Bay did. And then Wednesday, Garrett Cole. Thursday, Greenkey. If you remember the beginning of the season, uh, Tampa Bay took three out of four from us. So who would you want on the mound? JV, Cole, and Greenkey, the three. I'm not leaving Miley out, but according to the shirt, Wade Miley and the famous guys, that's three very good Cy Young award-winning caliber type pitchers. So the the Athletics have lost two in a row. Astros won four in a row. Uh, they have a 644 winning percentage, a nine and a half game lead in the West. Uh, exact same record, 85 and 47 as the Yankees. Dodgers 640, I mean 652. So it's close. The Astros are there. Um, one thing I wanted to point out before I left: uh, 42 and 15. The Astros are 42 and 15 against the AL West, and they are 20 and 2. They have lost two games at Minute Maid Park to AL West opponents. So we're going to take a small break, turn this thing over to Wheelhouse to finish this up. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for listening to the Robin Wheelhouse show, and take that time to give us that five star rating. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is Wheelhouse here. Let's talk about the Astros relief pitching. The relief pitching kind of took a beating and people were down on them there going into these last eight games, going into this homestand. And it just seemed like they weren't really getting a fair shake. They couldn't do much right. They Also, when they did do good, it was minimal or they just weren't getting the run support from, from the offense. But lately, they've been doing a phenomenal job. Will Harris on Friday night got a hold. He also got a save Saturday. 
Rondone got a hold. He also got a hold again today, I mean Sunday, and then Osuna got a save. And in five days, Osuna pitched four times and picked up saves in each of those times that he went out. He is now up to 31 saves. Luckily, in Sunday's game, they didn't need him because they won 11-2. The one Achilles heel or the potential problem that people have stated in recent weeks is that the Astros' bullpen has not been solid like it was at the beginning of the season. But if you look at the current trend with the hitters and everybody coming back to the lineup, the pitchers coming back to the lineup, McHugh trying to find his groove, people coming off injuries, Brad Peacock, um, it seems like the relief pitching will be fine come the playoffs. And that is where I think the Astros will separate themselves from teams like the Yankees. Now, it is the dog days of summer, and we do have 30 games left. And the Astros, if they go 15-15, and 15, will still win 100 games. It's not about necessarily winning 100 games. It's about getting the AL win title because if we do that, then we don't have to worry about the Yankees and playing four games in New York. We saw what happened this year. We saw what happened in 17. Although I think this is a better team than 17. I think this is a team that's more complete than 17. I don't think you would have the same result. I'll just be very honest with you. I don't think the Yankees have more than the Astros. If anything, they're even. But when it comes to starting pitching, the Astros definitely have... Actually, you know what? No. I think the Astros have it better almost across the board. Yeah, the Yankees are sporting like four closers or whatever in their bullpen. That's great. But it's their starters that have been giving them problems. And they did look pretty good against the Dodgers this weekend. But the Astros have this complete team going. When Presley gets back, he'll be back in time for the beginning of the playoffs and should be ready to go. Even if he's not ready to go, they've actually done fine without him. That's how complete this team is. So, going into September, that's not the only thing I want to talk about or address. But what happens when we get to the end of September and Kyle Tucker, if he gets called up, which most people believe he will be, what happens if he just knocks it out of the park? Rob and I talked about this a little bit. I think Kyle Tucker could very easily make it on to the playoff roster. That makes you wonder who's going to be on and who's going to be off. Some of the names that I think that will be off this roster, unfortunately, I think pitching-wise, Devo will not be a part of the roster. I think position-wise, I really doubt Tora will be there. Miles Straw may get a spot, but when Diaz comes back, I don't know that Straw can replace a Diaz. But if they expand that roster and Kyle Tucker comes up and they don't really have any other moves to make, they're not sending Diaz down. Correa's coming back. Reddick or Marisnik are the guys that they would more than likely look at not putting on the playoff roster. 
But I think that only happens if Kyle Tucker is absolutely lighting the world on fire. I don't think they take a playoff spot from a playoff veteran or from someone who has playoff history to put a guy that really hasn't even had a rookie season in the major leagues yet. Kyle Tucker's a 30-30 guy. We've talked about that. But the Astros definitely have some things to look forward to. There might, might be a few question marks. But the things that you can't question is the fact that all these starters are going to be healthy come playoff time. All these pitchers are going to be healthy come playoff time. And if they continue to hit their groove and their stride the way they've been, they will be the team to be reckoned with. The Houston Astros, I believe, have the greatest chance to win the World Series this year. And it's up to them. It's up to them, depending on what they do and how they perform when it comes to crunch time. And we've seen what this team can do when the pressure's applied. That's what I love about this team. They're not entitled. They work hard. They come to play every day. And the bottom line is this. The Houston Astros, I believe, have the greatest chance to be in the World Series to represent the American League, even greater than the New York Yankees. I think that in the next, within the next two weeks, you're going to see the Astros get a two- or three-game lead on the Yankees and possibly keep that the rest of the season. This is Wheelhouse. I'm done. Thanks, guys, for listening. Tell us what you liked about our segments, how we had our conversation. Rob gave his take. I'm giving mine. Um, let us know what you think. Leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in to the Robin Wheelhouse Show. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy the off day. Watch the replay of the game from Sunday on Monday night if it's available. All right? Y'all have a good one. Have a great week. I do. I do. It is 12 seconds, 13 seconds, 14. Dude, we're rolling. Wow. Man, you're 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 broken like Mike Trout in the series against Houston. Can you hear me good? I can hear you great. All right. So you're going to do all the editing? I can do that. Well, all you got to do is just say stop talking for 10 seconds and then you just you just go at it. All right, it. man. So you be the you be the guy and I'll be the I'll be the co-host. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll be the I'll do the intro and then you can start yeah. talking because you got notes. I mean, I've got my computer, but you got the notes. All oh, right. Okay. All right. All right. So let's pause for 10 seconds. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.